So picture this, you're in a meeting or you're on a call with several IT professionals working on an issue. Everyone's trying to come up with a resolution for this issue. You know, people throwing out ideas. Some ideas make sense. Some don't. You sitting on the phone, you're quiet. You're not saying anything. You got some ideas. You're scared to speak up. You may even have a solution and scared to speak up. So this, my friend, is called imposter syndrome. Every IT professional goes through it. I went through it. In your IT journey, you'll probably go through it. So today, we're going to look at some causes of imposter syndrome, as well as some ways that we can help overcome imposter syndrome. So don't forget to click like, subscribe, and that notification bell. Welcome to Debt Free and IT. I'm your host, Mike. This podcast is for anyone who's looking to get into the IT industry, whether it's for a career change or you're just interested. I think you come to the right place. So as I stated earlier, imposter syndrome is something that has happened to all IT professionals. Even if you're not an IT professional, you probably experience imposter syndrome at some point in your life or some point in your career. So one of the things that could be causing your imposter syndrome is self-doubt. So self-doubt is when you question your own skills, even though you got the knowledge and the expertise in that particular field or that particular category. I remember going through this in every position I've held in IT. So when I was in operations, which is pretty much talking on the phones and running backups in the data center. So when I was doing this role, I remember questioning myself or doubting myself on every phone call. You know, every phone call I have, I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, am I doing the right thing? Or I'm sitting there and maybe I ask someone else sometime if someone is available. But even though I knew how to fix it and I knew the answer, it's just I would constantly doubt myself. And then even when I was in operations, you know, sometimes I worked the night shift. So on that night shift, you know, depending on the call that came in, you may have to call and wake someone up. So for me, I would get a call and I'll be sitting there trying to decide, okay, is this something urgent enough that I need to call and wake someone up or can it wait till tomorrow? So I would constantly doubt myself, go back and forth trying to make that decision. And then when I was in desktop, you know, you we was uh, mainly imaging PCs, repairing PCs, fixing PCs. You know, we had some other issues too around the uh, desktop realm. But then I would always doubt myself whenever I had a PC and I fixed this PC. And in the back of my mind, I'm always thinking in that, okay, is this PC going to break again? And the same user going to call me? Or did I take the correct steps to fix this issue? Or if it was an urgent issue, oh, did I handle this urgent issue correctly? When 90% of the time I did it correctly, but it would just go back and forth in my head with this self-doubt. So self-doubt is one of the things that could be causing your imposter syndrome. So the next thing that could be causing your imposter syndrome is fear of exposure. So this is when you don't want to let off. You don't want to ask questions or anything because you may think that Okay, my teammates is going to think I don't know my stuff. So this happened to me also. You know, I was in networking. Even though I I knew some I knew a lot of networking, I had my certification. It's a lot different going from the books to sitting behind and working that particular job because when I got to where I'm working it, even though I know I know it, I would still have to ask ask people, then sometimes it's like, okay, you don't want to ask or you don't want to say the wrong thing and 
You don't want your teammates or you don't want your coworkers thinking that, man, we don't hire this guy and he don't know a thing about networking. So all of that goes in your head. So that fear of being exposed, you don't want someone to say, oh, you got all this on your resume and you don't know nothing. You know, some people do that. So you you just have that fear of being exposed. Um, so this is one thing, another thing that could be causing that imposter syndrome for you, fear of exposure. So another thing that could be causing your imposter syndrome is you're constantly comparing yourself to others. So this happens a lot in the IT industry. You know, it's happened to me some where you may be in a particular role and nine times out of 10, you may be the lowest person in that department. So the, or the lowest person on the totem pole. So you, you're constantly comparing yourself to your other teammates. You know, if your teammates doing t- five tickets a day, you want to do 10 tickets a day. You know, you want to always you're, you're trying to compare yourself, create competition when really there's no need to do that. You're a team. Everyone in that team should be working together. But with that imposter syndrome, you know, you always you start comparing yourself to your other teammates and, you know, your other teammates, they've been there. They may have been there longer than you. So a lot of issues, they done seen those issues before. So they automatically know what the fix is worth for you. Your first time seeing it, it may take you a while to get around to what the issue is. So that's another thing that could be causing your imposter syndrome is you're always comparing yourself to, to your other teammates in the IT field. The last thing that could be causing your imposter syndrome is you're reluctant to seek help. So this, I can say wasn't a big issue for me this time. Everything else on here, I had some issues with, but seeking help, that's one thing I probably did too much of. So when I worked in the IT industry, every position, if I didn't know something, I would troubleshoot it on my own for a while. And if I see where I was going in circles, I wasn't afraid to ask my coworker or someone to help me out or ask my coworker if they seen this before. Now, when I asked that coworker if they seen that particular issue before, I learned from it and I would jot it down or save that ticket somewhere. That way, if it came up again, I would look back to it and I would remember that issue. I didn't just ask my teammates, I asked my coworkers on every, every single issue I had. I didn't ask them, but if I did ask them, I would take notes. That way, the next time, I won't have to ask them. So, reluctant to seek help. There's something that could be causing your imposter syndrome. If you're finding value in this episode and you're listening via YouTube or your favorite podcast and app, please leave me a review or a comment. If you have a friend who needs to hear this, please share this episode with them. So let's look at some ways to help you get better at managing your imposter syndrome or also some ways to maybe get rid of your imposter syndrome altogether. One tip I have is you could set realistic goals. This is where you're going to take your long term goals, break them down into smaller more manageable goals. And what this is going to do is as you start hitting those goals, it's going to start to build confidence. You know, every time you hit a small goal, it's going to build that confidence, that confidence. The more confidence you have, the less imposter syndrome you're going to have. And then also you need to understand that you're not going to know everything in your position and you're not expected to know everything. That's why it's called a team environment because you're doing team work. So if you don't know it, Maybe someone else on your team may know how to fix that issue. Or if you don't know it, you know how to go and research and find a resolution to that issue yourself. So you want to start setting those realistic goals from those realistic goals. It's going to start to get help you build up more confidence, more confidence, less imposter syndrome. The next thing you can do to help out with your imposter syndrome is you want to normalize failure. 
So you want to understand that you're going to fail. You're going to make mistakes in, in your role, in your particular field. You're always going to make mistakes. I remember one story when I was working in operations again and I had an issue. I think it was something with a server. I had to call an analyst and I was nervous to call that analyst. I'm like, man, what are they going to say? Should I be able to fix this myself? And when I spoke to that analyst, they said one thing that I stuck with me through the rest of my career. They said, hey, even if you would have did it and would have failed, we would have just you would have learned from it. And then that would have helped you out to be better in the future. So she said, if you're not failing, then you're not learning. So that's how you're going to learn. Most of the time you're going to fail at something. That's how you're going to learn from it. A lot of times those are the the, the failures are the ones you're going to remember. You're not going to remember. I can't name you a ticket that I fixed without no help, but I can name those tickets that it kept, I kept in my queue for a couple of days that I had to research and everything on. Cause those are the ones that, you remember. So you're going to remember your failures. You're going to learn from your failures. So if, if you're not failing, you're not learning. So normalize failure. So the next thing to help with your imposter syndrome is you want to start to seek feedback. So in most of our positions, we get feedback on our yearly review. This is when your manager has their one-on-one with you and let you know how you've been doing in your particular role, how the job is going, some things you need to work on. So you're going to start getting feedback from that. But even before that yearly review, you know, you can ask your teammates, hey, how do I get better at this particular thing? Or is there anything that you see that I can get better at? Or if one of your teammates is better at you than something else, learn from them. Hey, how, how do you do this again? Can you show me how to do this? So in every position I had, I had that quote unquote mentor. You know, I may not have told them like, hey, you're my mentor. But in every position you'll see, you'll go to. It'll be somebody on your team that you connect with and you're probably the closest to. Nine times out of 10, that person is probably going to be higher up than you since you're just coming into that position or that person done been there longer than you. So that person is going to kind of be your quote unquote mentor because you're going to learn from that person. You're going to hang around that person the most. When you hear that person's going out on tickets, you're going to be with that person going out on tickets. So you're going to pick up. What they already know, you're, you're going to become a sponge. You're going to take the information and the way that they work on things. You're going to interject that into your own style. You're going to start, okay, I remember going on this issue with such and such, and he did this. So you're going to learn from your quote-unquote mentor. So in every position you get at, you know, you're going to find that one person, you're, you and that person just click together, and that's who's going to end up being your mentor that you can learn from. I was fortunate enough to have this in every position I've been at. So in every position, I try to get along, get along with everyone. In every position I had, there was someone that I clicked with that helped me to learn that role to the best of my ability. So in every position, so there's something that you can look for or something that a lot of times it happens naturally. So if you're real lucky, your whole team would be your mentor, which in, in most of my roles, that was the case too. So in my networking role, Everyone on my team was my mentor. I learned from everyone. I asked questions from everyone. You know, I, I would ask questions, you know, dumb questions or whatever. In my eyes, ain't, ain't only dumb questions is the question that you don't ask. So this is something that could also help you with your imposter syndrome, you know, start to seek feedback. The last thing on my list that can help manage your imposter syndrome is professional development. 
So professional development, this is pretty much when you're investing into yourself, investing into your skill set. A good example would be someone in networking. So this professional development could be if you don't have a certification, you could be aiming towards that CCNA. And when you get that CCNA, it's going to give you that confidence boost. So you get that CCNA, you're going to be unlearned a lot of things to do that a lot of things that pertains to your role that you didn't know beforehand. So that's going to give you that confidence because you're going to see that, oh, I'm starting to have to ask for help less, less and less. And then in the case, if you already have a CCNA, then this may happen to you going towards your CCMP. You know, you get that CCMP, you're going to get that big confidence boost. Like, yeah, I, you know, I'm not having to ask for help as much as I used to. So professional development, investing in yourself, investing in your skill sets. This is going to build confidence overall, no matter if it's for a certification or if it's for something else. L- long as you're investing into yourself, it's going to pay back tenfold. So professional development is something that could help you manage your imposter syndrome. So that brings me to the end of this episode. Hopefully you found some value in this episode. If you're on Instagram, Facebook or TikTok, follow me at Debt Free and IT. If you're on YouTube, Debt Free and IT. If you have any questions or comments, you can email me at debtfreeandit at gmail.com. Other than that, I'll see you next week. Peace.